welcome back to another episode of Us Anxious Folk. My name is Lauren and I have to bring big apologies for the extensive delay between episodes. <laughs> um, the whole family got sick. We had visitors. It just, you know, those times where you just feel like you're overwhelmed with so many things happening and you can just do the bare minimum. And I wasn't organized enough to have a backlog of solo episodes ready to go. Um, but I just had to kind of say to myself, you know what? Life happens and everyone will get it. So, yeah, tried not to stress about it. But internally was also like, need to record an episode. But here I am. I am back. Um, and in today's episode, I'm talking about something that is very important to me and I I wish when I when I talked about it that I could convey how important it is to me and how pivotal it's been to um, my learning to soften to anxiety. So we're going to be talking about my favorite exercise to help with anxiety because let's not lie, a lot of anxiety is body related in the sense that it's felt in the body. Um, I mean, of course, you have anxious thoughts, but I think the the physical sensations of anxiety are what can be the most overwhelming aspect of it. And so, you know, if you go to therapy and talk about your feelings and emotions and all of that, there's certainly a place for that and it's helpful. But if you haven't done anything to attend to your body, it's very hard to feel safe and to feel like you can actually move through the world. Um, and this exercise was what really helped me to learn to be able to do that when I finally uh, <laughs> swallowed my pride and gave it a go. So let's just jump straight into it. I'll stop fucking around. Um, we're going to be talking about yin yoga. Now, if you are somebody who has done yoga, but you haven't done yin, please please listen to this episode. Um, I hope that I can convince you to try it. So I'm just going to start back at the, the beginning of my sort of journey with it. Basically, when I, when I first came to yin yoga, I, had, I was already pretty active and I was already practicing yoga regularly. We all know, or we all hear at least, that yoga is very good for our mental health and very good for, um, you know, coming back into our body. And so when I first started dealing with panic attacks, yoga was something that I practiced regularly. Although back then I was still practicing it with the mind of like, maybe if I can look more toned or be skinnier or, um, you know, have more of a six pack, maybe then I'll feel better about myself and I won't be so anxious. <laughs> there was still that like underlying, you know, I've got to sort of mold my body into a certain shape aspect to things. Uh, but so I was doing um, weights like three or four times a week. I was doing lots of cardio, lots of running, lots of elliptical at the gym. Um, but I have to be honest with you, there was a sense that I was always trying to outrun my panic. I, you know, if I went to the gym, if I, if I woke up, let's just rewind. If I woke up and I was feeling panicked, I wouldn't go to the gym. Um, sometimes when I was at the gym, I would have very rarely, but sometimes I would have a panic attack and then that would ruin me for the rest of the day. And, you know, I liked doing weights and I liked doing cardio because it made me feel strong and it made me feel capable and it made me feel um, like I, 
you know, it made me feel like at least I was healthy physically, <laughs> even if I was a little bit messed up emotionally. Uh, yeah. So my sister is a yoga teacher and she is always on at me, has always been on at me to, um, you know, try different types of yoga. And I, I would always say to her, I do yoga. You know, I practice uh, with like online videos and um, I have I had like a yoga lardies DVD, maybe. Wait, what am I thinking of? No, maybe that was on YouTube. It was some like Pilates slash yoga, get very sweaty while you're doing it kind of thing. Um, but then I went through a very significant breakup uh, with my daughter's father. This is back in the day. And um, I I was struggling. Like I was still going to the gym regularly, but I was a mess of emotions and I remember one day running on the treadmill and just being overwhelmed with this sense of, I don't want to be here anymore. Um, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired of running. I was literally running away from my feelings and from my emotions and I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so anyway, my sister had come to stay with me because I was a mess and she was like, I'm going to take you to a yoga class. Um, she's like, well, we'll try this one called slow flow. Um, there is one called yin, which is really good because it's like a, it's basically like a nap, <laughs> but she's like, I wonder if it might trigger you, um, because you have so many emotions happening right now. Like I was just an emotional shitstorm at that time. So we ended up doing slow flow. I think we did that twice. And then, um, she ended up going back, uh, to Sydney and then I took myself along to a yin class. I thought, I want to try this. I want to, you know, a nap sounds great. I could use a nap. So I go into this yoga class and um, what stuck out to me at first is that it's very like get a pillow, get a bolster, get a blanket. You know, there was all these props that were um, – I was like, a blanket? What are we going to do with that? <laughs> what are we going to do with that pillow? Uh, you know, I'm used to getting like blocks and like stretchy bands and things in yoga, but it seemed very chill. It was very calm. And then we would go into this pose and we would hold it for three to five, sometimes seven minutes. And what stuck out at me the most was that there was only say like five poses in the whole class. Whereas if you're used to going to a bit of a faster yoga session, um, you know, there's lots of poses. Yin, there's barely any but you hold them for a long period of time, um, which kind of sounds a little bit tricky. But the thing with yin, like with all yoga, is that you can take it at your own pace. And so um, there's always modifications. Obviously, if there's you know a pose that <clears throat> you can't get into, you just modify it to suit where you are at that time. Um, and, you know, sometimes I'm quite stretchy. Sometimes I'm not stretchy, depending what's happening in my life. So... It's not like if you're better at yoga, you're going to be better at each pose. It's all about where you are that day, what's happening with your body physically, um, all that kind of thing. Uh, so it's great for beginners. <laughs> Am I advertising this too much? I promise I'm not a yin yoga teacher. I just, I love it. Um, so you'd hold these poses and what happened is – the emotions that I had sort of been holding at bay definitely came up, but they came up in a way that I was able to 
um, kind of create a, a metaphor for them, you know, because the thing with yin is you're holding this pose and you're thinking like, oh my God, how long is this going to take? When are we going to get out of this pose? I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. You obviously never want it to hurt, but um, a little level of discomfort is good. Um, Yeah, so you're like, this is uncomfortable. When are we going to get out of this pose? I'm so over this. I'm done. Like, can this four minutes be up? Surely we don't have long to go. And it's just this resistance, resistance, resistance. And what you need to learn to do is surrender and I mean, if that isn't the biggest lesson for panic attacks, I don't know what is, (laughs) but yeah, for me, it was just like, I suddenly understood my emotions in a different way. Cause I was like, you know, in terms of the breakup, even it was like, I'm resisting, I'm resisting. I want it to just, I want this breakup period to just be done. I don't want to have to put up with the crying and the missing him and the, you know, all the, the rest of it. I just want to be you know in the future and be over this already um but I I couldn't I had to let it take the time that it was going to take I had to surrender to it and the same with panic and anxiety you know sometimes we we either avoid having panic attacks or when they're happening we're wishing them away and we're like can I want this to be over you know I just want my life to be back to normal um but the more we do that the more we push against it the harder it becomes and the more uncomfortable it becomes. Whereas if we can take a deep breath and surrender into that discomfort, we actually find a bit of spaciousness there that we didn't realize was available to us. Um, so that was a, a huge like aha moment for me. I remember messaging my sister after the class and being like, yin makes so much sense to what I'm feeling internally, you know? Like I finally get why I have to lean into these feelings, why I have to um, stay in them, why I have to surrender to them. I, I get it because I've physically moved through it. So now I can emotionally and mentally understand it. The other thing with yin yoga is that um, it operates on the philosophy of yin and yang. Yang being more active based yoga uh, yin being more passive based yoga. So like I said, you know, normal, normal yoga, Hatha yoga or whatever. I'm not a yogi. I don't, I don't know all the terms. Um, but yeah, there's more active yoga where you're moving and you're doing poses. Whereas yin is very passive. You're releasing, you're surrendering. Um, the other thing that's interesting to note about yin and yang is that yin, uh, represents darkness represents um femininity represents the earth so like a grounding and it's also cooling whereas yang yang is light it's masculinity it's um, representative of the heavens it's representative of activity and it's heat it's hot um and for me so much of panic was hot you know it was this um i always felt like my body was on fire. You guys have probably heard me say that many times if you watched any of my videos, you know, always explaining that having a panic attack or having panic disorder feels like the back of your neck is on fire. Um, and you have to walk around trying to pretend that it's not, (laughs) but that's what Yang is to me, which has its place. Uh, thinking about, you know, doing weight training, 
yang has its place. I like feeling um, a bit more masculine, a bit more active, a bit more um, strong and capable. The things that I didn't want to accept about myself was that darkness, that um, femininity. I didn't I didn't want to have that because I thought that it meant that I was too sensitive, too emotional, too vulnerable. Um, you know, all the things that I thought people didn't like about me and the things that I didn't like about me. And so there was that whole resistance to going there, especially when it comes to the darkness inside us. I think for those of us who have, I mean, for all of us, really, we know that going to those places, sometimes we drown and sometimes it becomes really hard for us to come back out again. And so for me, it was like, I don't want to go back there because when I'm when I'm emotional and stuff, you know, I'm a burden on people. I'm a drain on people. I mess up. It takes me, you know, months to, to get back to being like um, capable again. And so if there's a practice that teaches us to um, hang out in that yin space, in that space of femininity, that space of um, passivity, that space of grounding, it's so needed and so helpful when you are someone who's constantly running away from that. Um, I, I would say that yin really was sort of the beginning of me learning how to accept myself more in terms of everything. Uh, just going back quickly to that episode I did on my menstrual cycle and, you know, starting to use menstrual products like cups and things like that. That all happened around the same time as I started yin yoga because I was more curious about my body. I was more curious about the feminine aspects of me. Whereas before that, it was all like, you know, I want to be strong and I want to be uh, <laughs> unfeminine, <laughs> really. Um, you know, I wanted like, obviously I wanted to be feminine, but I I didn't want all the, um, you know, the extra that I thought that entailed. I didn't want the things that I perceived to be like the bad side of being feminine, you know, like trying to hide periods and trying to um, just sort of morph myself into a perfect version of female rather than what's really there. So there's that. <laughs> um, but what yin really does, which I think is so helpful, besides balancing the nervous system, which like need I say more, that's that's one of the huge bonuses. But yin uh, holding these long poses gets into our connective tissue, gets into our fascia. If you've not heard of fascia before, I'm going to do a longer episode on that, but I'm going to need to do some research first because I, I want to present it accurately and um, I'm not super sciencey so I'm gonna have to work on that one um, but fascia is basically our um, sort of like webbing within our body it's, it runs it's a network that runs through our whole body um, and it is very pivotal to the nervous system but it's also somewhere where we um, store so much sensory information um, fascia is is responsible for sending all this sensory information back up to the brain and, and being in constant communication. And so if you think of being someone who has dealt with panic attacks for a long time, has dealt with anxiety and avoidance for a long time, there's that 
state of contraction that your fascia is going to remember. You know, if you're always tensing against your anxiety, if you're always trying to run away from your panic attacks, your body is going to remember that state. Your fascia is going to remember that state. And that's going to be the constant messages that are getting passed around your body. And what happens then is that you start to feel like this is you. Um, and in a sense, it it is largely in, in that time when you are constantly contracting. You are someone who's constantly contracting, but that's not how it has to be. You can start to... Um, Wow, just mind blanked on what the opposite to contract is. <laughs> Expand, unfurl, unfold, I don't know. Ooh, baby brain. Um, yeah, you can learn to soften in your body rather than constantly being tense and tight. And then your body remembers that state as well. So it's very much the the physical state that you practice the most is the one that your body is going to remember the most. We also uh, store a lot of emotions in our physical body. Again, think of being someone who represses constantly, trying not to panic. Someone in a social setting who is trying to look like they're not nervous. Um, You know, being someone who's trying to pretend like you're not having a panic attack in that moment, like everything's fine. Where are you... Where are you pushing those emotions away to? You know, if they're not showing on your face, even though there's maybe like a little tiny drip of sweat that's coming down, <laughs> that's all that that shows that you are stressed in that moment. Um, for me, I think my voice changes a little bit because Anthony and Lila know as well now. They can tell when I'm panicking. But where are you putting that um, that tension, that emotion, that that holding in. Where is that going when you're trying not to be seen as someone who's panicking? It's going in your body, right? It's going in your your muscles, your bones, your like, you know, gripping your hands tight, gripping your stomach tight. Like there's so much of your body that is just like urgh, so tense. You're holding all of that in and your body is the the vessel that's holding that and if you don't work to release that it's just gonna stay there stagnant and you feel heavy you feel um you you literally feel like you wake up with like a cement block on your chest already and then you think oh my god it's happening again like but what that actually is is just it's this physical tension that you haven't let go and actually I remember reading um, something by Deepak Chopra. Chopra? Chopra? (laughs) I don't know how to say that. Oh, God. Um, And he said that it's very common for panic attacks to happen in the middle of the night because that's when we are at our rested state. That's when we're finally not holding everything inside. And so the body's like, yes, like, let's try and release this now. And you wake up in a panic and think, oh, my God what's happening? Oh my God. That's just your body trying to release all this shit that you've been holding in so tight during the day, which made a lot of sense to me. Um, but yeah, if there is a practice that you can do that will help you to finally release all that stored tension in a safe way, why would you not want to do that as an added bonus? It, um, you know, is good for strength, mobility, flexibility, 
uh, it's good for, um, you know, just finding that spaciousness in your body, finding that sense of cooling in your body, uh, hanging out with those sticky feelings. And it's extremely relaxing. And it just, honestly, I've never come out of a yin class and gone, I wish I didn't go to that. I've always come out of a yin class with my brain alive with, um, you know, ideas and inspiration because I've, I've made space. It sounds like maybe woo woo to some people, but, but genuinely, if you have found a way to release all those emotions and tension that you're holding inside, it goes without saying that there's going to be some extra space in not just your physical body, but in your emotional body, in your, um, mind. And you can finally, access a part of you that isn't just completely focused on your anxiety and trying to hold everything in. Instead, you access a part of you that is willing to surrender, willing to open, willing to explore. Um, And that is just huge. So I hope that I have convinced you to try yin yoga if it's not something that you've tried before. One of the worries that I had, which I'm just going to float because I'm sure other people are thinking it as well. One of the worries that I had in terms of going to a class for yin yoga, and I really do think a class setting is the best way to practice yin yoga. I kind of, I was worried when I first went into the class that I thought, what if I have a panic attack and I need to leave? Like I wanted to be close to the door so that I could just run out if I needed to, but I'm like... You know, the worst thing for someone who has panic disorder is for people to know that you're panicking. And so I didn't even want to run out of the classroom if I needed to, because I'm like, then everyone will know and it will just be a big thing. And like, there was a lot of resistance to it in that sense. First of all, I want you to know that any yoga teacher you can talk to and say, look, I have, um, I deal with panic attacks. I deal with anxiety. They will be very understanding. They will probably, um, place you near the door so that you can leave if you need to. For me, that honestly just didn't happen. Um, And I think even if it did, I think the fact that, um, you know, for a lot of yin yoga, you're on the floor and you're, um, you know, because it's so slow and because it's so passive, I think even if panic comes up, it feels like you have a safe space to, um, to witness it, you know, a safe space to sort of be with your panic and observe it. And it's a very good place, I think, to practice that sense of softening, that sense of witnessing, that sense of leaning into your panic rather than trying to run away from it. Um, but yeah, always, if you are worried, speak to your yoga teacher and tell them, I've never done this before. Um, I get panic attacks. I'm a bit nervous. Uh, and they will definitely help you through that. That's what they're there for. Please, if you do give yin yoga a try, I would love to know how you go. Um, I think that, you know, so much of anxiety treatment is based away from the body. And I think we need to start learning how to come back to that because the body, the body's the gatekeeper, right? The body is where we have to exist (laughs) the bodies where we have to hang out and live and if if we can't do that then everything else is very difficult that's all from me i hope you're all having a very lovely day and week wherever you are whatever you're doing whatever time it is um and just some quick housekeeping before we go 
You may have noticed on my Instagram that I have started running mentoring sessions. Uh, You can get some more info on that via my website, Um, but it's basically just a space to be heard and held. Uh, And what else? I think that's it. Oh, this (laughs) it's not really housekeeping, but I wanted to let you all know that editing for my book is, uh, underway i got my notes back from the editor about the manuscript and so i'm just going to be making a couple of little tweaks here and there let me tell you the book writing process is a long freaking process it is extensive it takes everything out of you it's honestly like birthing a baby it's truly it's just as intense as giving birth and um you know being pregnant and Yeah, it's a lot, but we are getting there. We are on track for release next year. I initially thought that the book was going to be released this year, but that was um, a little bit of wishful thinking on my part. So 2023 is looking to be the release date for Here You Are Courageous, my debut book. Um, Yeah, I'm very, very excited about that. And I hope to be sharing a little bit more about the book as, um, you know, prior to the release. But yeah, have a great day. Let me know how you go with yin yoga and um, yeah, take care. Thank you for listening to the Us Anxious Folk podcast, the podcast for the chronically overwhelmed, perpetually panicked, anxious folk in all of us. If you would like to find more about me, you can find me on YouTube at Lauren Rose or on Instagram at Lauren R underscore Rose.